2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the Islanders picked up a couple more wins... And now have about two weeks to wait until their next game because this season from Bizarro World just won't stop. It just continues on, and every day there's some other new weirdness. And just as they seem to be pick up, picking up some momentum, uh, the NHL has told them, uh, "You guys go wait. Don't go anywhere. Just stay right where you are, and we'll get back to you in, in 13 days." So thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like it's they're like a like a traveling circus or like a traveling play troupe or the carnal <laughs> globetrotters even uh, <laughs> like where they kind of just show up they play a game they show up in a random city and they'll play a game and then they'll go away for a couple weeks and then they'll do it again in a couple weeks and it's uh it's incredibly frustrating on so many levels because there's yeah the fact that this is the nhl season we're supposed to be watching hockey basically every other night. You're supposed to be watching your team every other night. Especially now, right? Right. Like, exactly. The like season. <laughs> we're in the dog days, right. you know? And, uh, it's, uh, and so it's frustrating on that level, uh, which is kind of like a general level. And then if you dig a little deeper, the Islanders have had their season, uh, derailed by injuries and coronavirus uh, protocols in a way that other teams haven't like with the fact that, when the NHL started postponing games for teams, when they start losing players, whereas the Islanders had to play through these issues. So like there's, I know there's a, a ton of different things going on and these decisions and whatnot, but uh, if there's one team, I think that can felt feel the most hard done by. And I mean, this is a little, what was meaning, but um uh, it's it's the Islanders because they are. I don't think w- when we look at the season as a whole, everyone's gonna say, "Well, every team was affected by this." They had guys who had to go into protocol. Whereas, yeah, that's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is how many teams had to play with the, the, those issues, and the Islanders are one of only a few, and they've had to do it twice. And then when other teams are dealing with some, uh, you know, pandemic level adversity, the same treatment isn't applied. So it's just pretty frustrating especially since they are yeah they're they're looking like the old islanders again or the barry trotz islanders i don't we don't ever want them to look like the old islanders <laughs> yeah no, when the old islanders meaning yeah
3: the barry trotz your islanders but uh, yeah that's true we'll get into a little bit more of that in the second half when we do some scoreboard watching i definitely want to talk about the uh montreal canadians and uh the complaining and sort of hand-wringing about them having to play through this terrible uh you know covid protocol ravaged roster and people saying oh they should have had their games postponed and i was like dude i watched the islanders play a lot of games with a team with a lineup of guys that shouldn't have been playing uh and this is just how it is right now and uh so you know it, it, as always you know what happens to the islanders doesn't matter it only ha- matters if it happens to the of the, the leaps or something like that but we'll get into that in a little bit but the good news is that they have picked up a couple of wins and and Last yesterday's win against the Oilers was especially felt like a relief because, man, had they lost that game and the Islanders had to sit around for 13 days thinking about it, stewing on it, it would have been just unbearable. It would have been like you would have seen a lot of you know, pack it in, this this season's done kind of stuff. And that very well may very well still be true, but at least they won and so let everybody off with some good vibes. But before that, uh, was a 4 1 win over Buffalo. I would not blame you one bit if you had completely forgotten about this game. I did. I completely forgot who they played, and I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, wait, who, who'd they play? Oh, Subban, right, Malcolm Subban. Now, I think we're all getting a good look at why Malcolm Subban has been on, like, six different teams in the last three seasons. I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but he's not, not that great at goaltending. Yes, the Sabres are a bad team. Yes, they were playing, coming off a of back-to-back. They had played the night before someplace else, I guess. I think, against Detroit. But... Regardless, the Islanders needed a win and they got one. And they looked pretty darn good doing it. Barzell was fantastic all game long. Uh Nelson and Wallstrom were both out. Um, and but Barzell was inarguably the best player on both sides of the ice. Uh, he ripped a shot uh that he, you know, he accepted a back uh behind the back pass, whatever from Lee he ripped it past Suban. It was great. Kyle Oposo tied on a power play a couple minutes later. Um, But other than a little sag at the end of the first period, the Islanders really dominated the the Sabres all game long. Uh, Kiefer Bellows scored a great goal after he stepped around a defender. Lee had a, a funny goal. Maybe not the, you know, the nicest goal to give up for Malcolm Subban, but he turned around in the slot and backhanded it over him, which was great to see. Uh, the, the, from really from that second period on, the Islanders kind of dominated. Uh, Dobson had a really nice goal too. He's been on that scoring tear still. And Simeon Varlama made 34 saves, which was great. And it was just, like you said, I mean, that was the old Islanders and it looked good. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a beaten opponent, but after a 10-day layoff, which again, preceded a 13-day layoff, um, and without your second line center and, and one of your better forwards this year, that, w- that was a really, really good game for the Islanders, uh, regardless of who the opponent was. And and it was nice to see. And you know, to walk away with a decisive victory is also very nice, too. <laughs> you could be like, oh, phew, you know, I don't have to like sit there and like, you know, sweat it out or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it felt like that was the first time they've had that because even like that Jets right. game, you know, it was, they never really got the margin to to make you feel. I guess the devil's game towards the end too, but even that one, they, they had that first period where they were yeah. losing. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that was the type of game where, um, over the, the course of the Barry Trotz era is, is, when the Islanders are playing teams like the Sabres and, uh, devils, the Red Wings, whoever are towards the bottom of the barrel of the NHL at the time, they take care of business. They don't really fuss about. They just are very professional in the way they do things. They're clinical. And that kind of was what that game looked like. Um, I thought, you know, yep. There was a ton of good uh, to build off of in that game. And uh, the Varlama thing was Barry Trotz is hilarious, man. He, (laughs) I would have bet my house that Ilya Sorokin would have started both of these games because, uh, the Islanders were coming back from a long break, and they have, uh, you know, games coming up uh, in Western Canada. I'd be like, all right, we'll get Soroka in these two games. He's been the better goalie overall of the two. And, um, then, uh, when Varlama played, he played really well. And, uh, when he played well, I, I would have thought, I would have bet the house that Varley would have started against, um, whoever oh my god whoever they just beat this this season has me completely the Oilers and <laughs> then Varlamov would have started against the Oilers because the thinking there is okay we're not playing yet for two weeks so what's the difference between Sorokin not playing today and take and or playing you know having two weeks off without a game or or having a game there's not much right like you ride right the hot goalie and what happens Sorokin comes in he, he was very solid um, so that was funny but uh, it was it's it's really encouraging to see uh, both goalies singing um singing a good tune at the same time because uh that's a huge part of this team's makeup is having good two goalies one goalie you can turn to at any time and uh that's what's what that's what's going on right now and yeah they, i mean every i think to a man everybody played well in that sabers game i can't think of anybody that that really didn't when i mean that's going to the ross johnstons and yeah you know michael dalcole did his thing where he, he 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 missed a a sitter and that was always nice to see, to remember, to, you know, see our old friend back. And, yeah. uh, but uh, he, Josh he Bailey fine.
3: had two points, bellows yeah. dobson all the two points. Yeah. yeah Bailey, really Bailey
0: out of a cannon, huh? Like he, right. he, he came out of that, the winter break and looked, I'm like, Oh, where's this guy? Been? He's <laughs> the, the paradox of Josh Bailey man. It just keeps continuing.
3: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everybody did look good in that game. And again, you know, we can, you can take the, the opponent for what it is, but you know, when you look that good, that's the idea. That's what you want to see. And again, following that 10-day layoff, I mean, you know, any they could have looked like anything, really. They could have looked like a team that had been sitting around eating Oreos for 10 days, but they didn't. They looked great. Uh, and then a couple of days later, they had an afternoon game against the Oilers. Uh, we'll talk about goaltending in a second after <laughs> I recap this. But uh, the first thing that, about this game that was really kind of off was that Barry Trotz was not behind the bench. He missed the game for a personal non-COVID reason. Uh, I don't believe we've found out why yet, but hope everything is all good. With the coach, uh, Piero Greco and John Gruden did miss the game because they were on the COVID list. Uh, and so Lane Lambert was uh, effectively the head coach <laughs> for that game. It was weird watching somebody else's press conference after the game, uh, which is uh, fine. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, it seemed like the team kind of was was on on top of things, except for in the second period. But in the first period, they looked really, really good. There was all it was all them again, the Oilers played the, the, the afternoon before against the Devils. Uh, but the first period was all Islanders, really. And Andrews Lee scored in front of power play, chance, and uh seemed to be great. And then all of a sudden, the second period happened, and that was mostly Oilers. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl tied the game, kind of bounced off Matt Martin's skate. It kind of happens when you're Dreisaitl. And then Darnell Nurse scored from the slot uh, after McDavid kind of made a play. Um, but then the Islanders came roaring back in the third. Uh, they had 14 shots. The Oilers had two. Uh, the Oilers had no shots in overtime. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier. <laughs> sorry, I'm reading my note here. Anthony Beauvillier uh, tied the game from Austin Zarnik. Uh, he was right on, right in front of the net and scored wide open over Mikko Koskinen. Um, and uh, they ended up winning in overtime, too. Noah Dobson ripped it past uh, Koskinen from center ice after getting a pass from Barzell. The Oilers had no shots again in overtime. And so, you know, again, from the, aside from the second period, that was a pretty good performance. And I think the thing that really stuck out to me was that... They were very physical with the Oilers, as as Butch noted it during the broadcast. But they were not intimidated by Connor McDavid whatsoever. And I thought that that was going to be a thing. You figure, oh, here comes McDavid; he's going to tear us up, whatever. But they didn't shy away from this guy at all, and they were they were giving it to him all night. And you know, they showed the clip, of course, of him like you know weaving through eight Rangers defensemen to score that goal earlier in the season. And it's like that's a great goal, but like there's an awful lot of sort of puck watching I find when. McDavid is on the ice again uh, against certain players. They just sort of end up watching him, but that that was not the case in this game. Scott Mayfield had a great play to break up a two-on-one with McDavid, which you know for some guys would have them peeing in their pants. But Mc, Mc, <laughs> Mayfield just stepped up to him and took him out of the play, and it was like, holy crap! I'm, I bet even I bet even Connor McDavid was like, "Who the hell is this guy? What what is he doing this to me?" Um, and so it was a good game. You know, the Oilers did did come back and take it up uh, and take the lead in the second period. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought the Islanders played really, really well um, and walked away with an, with another three with a win. And again, like I said, had they not won that game and then we had this long layoff, uh, it would have been ugly I don't know oh. <laughs> for everybody. It would have been just really, really a bad idea. But uh, they, they had a, a feel good win in, instead. And so now we get to feel good for 13 days while we're not watching hockey. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the uh, the second period uh, after it ended, just s- s- kind of stewing. I actually met up with Mike Kelly from NHL Network, who has been throughout this entire era, but voice of reason yeah. kind of on the Islander fan side, talking he about how- He was the how, first guy to be like, this team is not boring. And if you think yes. you're boring, you're not watching them play. <laughs> and, and he was having he was talking about how he's having a good time, and the fans are great and whatever. And I was telling him that you know if they don't come back, from this deficit that it's going to be really depressing leaving this place. And um, (laughs) because of the break and the fact that everyone's just going to be talking about, well, you know, what's wrong with the Islanders and just basically forget about them while they're not playing, which I guess you can't blame anyone for, but at the same time, uh, you know, this is going, who, who is going through something like this uh, in the league for the second time or third time, basically now. Um, And, uh, but they, that game really reminded me of, when they were at their best in the playoffs, because they, you, 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 every playoff game is a roller coaster. Every series is a roller coaster. But the, the key is to kind of just stay even keeled, and when you are down, um, to just kind of stick with the process and hope that you are able to claw your way back into the game and not let it phase you. And that's what they did. And they they looked really good in that third period. I was bricking it for the last couple minutes there. <laughs> you know, Lane Lambert, God love him, man. But having the last minute of the game, the Oilers can put Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl out there <laughs> and he counters with Matt Martin and Zidane O'Chara, a uh, 43 year old Zadane O'Chara. Um, <laughs> so that was a little frightening, but yeah, I think two, two from the, the t- like the coaching to the play of basically every individual from Matt Barzell to Ross Johnston, again, like these were, uh, this was a good performance and one that really did look familiar to uh when the islanders were at the height of their powers um and and i think that now when you look at the two games together uh you you're starting to see something like this is i think it was barry trotz last week was saying that the islanders are kind of like an 18 wheeler and when they get going they uh they're really hard to stop but they need all 18 wheels and every part of it to work to to really work and um it does look like that's starting to happen i think uh the fourth line looked really good like you said, they were physical. They were doing uh, annoying stuff to McDavid, and, and they didn't take a penalty. Andy Green, by yeah. the way, has been really good. Uh yeah. for no the penalty
3: taken too. Yeah, you're right mm-hmm. in that
0: game. And uh, and the power play. What the last thing I expected? <laughs> I always, I think we we both said like the Islanders are going to go on a run at some point. I would have never said the Islanders' power play is going to start looking really good at some point this season because it it showed not only did it show no signs of that it showed signs of like it could get worse. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they, yeah. they are so lost out there, it could get worse. And it's it's funny because they keep every time that their players are asked about it, they're saying exactly what um, the old fan trope is was like, oh, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're kind of just like getting the puck to the net. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so that's really all it took is just to do that. And but I think that. Part of it is that Noah Dobson's, uh, since he got healthy, scratched. I can't remember who exactly it was against, but whenever that scratch came, uh, he's been superb. He might have been he's their best player last night, and I think maybe over the last two games, you can make an argument for three, three or four players, and Dobson is definitely towards the top. Barzell, Bellows is one, and um, you probably make a case that uh, the goaltenders combined. Hmm. I guess is a thing, but um, like there's so much it's so much easier and feels so much better to sit here and talk and not be like, you know, what is wrong with Josh Bailey or what is going, you know, where is Noah Dobson still feeling the effects of being sick last year? What's going on? Just being like, Oh no, this is, this is the player that we all knew uh, at some point was going to emerge. And now seeing it, you're like, where's the ceiling instead of being like, where's the floor? Um, and it just feels so much better. Cause now we're asking that about the team itself uh, is, you know, where, where can this thing go? And they have, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in the second half more, but they they obviously have a lot w- more weight, a lot longer to climb. But it does just seem that now that even like guys like Parisi or Chara, um you know, like Austin Zarnick, guys who aren't really around uh, much or haven't been around much are seeing like, oh, this is why we do these things this, this way. Because when it does work, you're never going to play yourself out of the game. And that's what happens. That's what happened in both these games. The Islanders, they were two two chances for them to feel really sorry for themselves when El Poso scored at the last minute of a period. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when the Oilers came out guns blazing in the second, like those are two, if if the Islanders were truly the loser team that they looked like in uh, November, uh, those were, those were moments that they would have probably broken and uh, the games could have got out of hand either way. uh, And they didn't. And that's, you know, I think those are kind of things that, you know, Barry Trotz looks for those are kind of things the fans look for. And it just feels so much better to see it, and now at some point reality, you know, will set in. You you look at the standings and you see where you are, but there's just so much more time to go, and the Islanders are are maybe never playing another hockey game again. So who knows you know, <laughs> when these games will be played? But there's still an entire, uh, you know, I think they came into the pause. With 56 games remaining, that's the entire of season of last year, right? They played 56 games, and yeah. so if they can just replicate what they did last year, they're going to be in the mix. And I never truly believed it because I hadn't seen enough of these kind of performances. And if you even if you go back to Vegas playing without Barzell and uh, going against that team who was, who was playing really well, um, th- you're starting to see it, and you're like, okay, like n- not only do not only do I believe just because hockey is weird and there's still a lot of season left, but I believe because of what I'm actually seeing with my two eyes.
3: Yeah. I think there's something to say, you know, when we had Arthur staple on, I asked him about these pauses and he was like, you know, he thinks the Islanders as a team will use this to their advantage and come out. And I mean, we've seen it a couple of years in a row now where they, they use the pause to reset themselves and come out and do stuff. And that's exactly what we've seen now twice in the last, two weeks, one after the 10 day pause. Uh, Well, I should say we've seen it once after this 10 day pause and we'll, we'll wait to see it again after this next pause, but it does seem like that. And you know, for the guys that, that have kind of come a long way, you're talking about Dobson again, Bailey looked pretty good in the last couple of games. Um, You know, maybe there's something, to be said, you know Bailey was on on the COVID lists, and maybe he his you know he was having some lingering effects that might be gone now. I think Dobson, in in his case, is really more of just a confidence thing. He's just playing with a, a ton of confidence right now, and, and is getting better at it every day. And understands that he is an important part of this team. And for him playing really well, the team is going to do really well. Also, conspicuously really good in both games was the fourth line, which we had talked about had not been good. In fact, they were they, I thought they were pretty good against the Oilers. Uh, for example, and uh, which is great because you know that any Oilers writer watching that is immediately going to go, man, that's what they need. They need those three guys. They need that fourth line, that banging line, and they're going <laughs> to <laughs> tie themselves in a knot trying to get one. And uh, it doesn't work that way, fellas. I'm sorry. Also, speaking of the Oilers, two, two more things about <laughs> the Oilers real quick that I, I thought of you. Uh, you'll appreciate this. First of all, uh, I read a recap. I believe it was Mark Spector uh, in, on Sportsnet who was like, you know, the, the Oilers had a 50-50 chance to win this game. And they end up losing it. And I felt like saying, dude, that's every Islanders game. Like, that's what the Islanders do. They play every game to a 50-50 chance, and then they generally win it. That's how they've won games for the most part over the last three and a half years. And, you know, welcome to the party, pal, basically, is is what I thought. Because, you know, anybody that hasn't watched this team wouldn't know that. But the other thing, too, is, and, like, I don't know why this gets me so angry, but it just sort of does. And I, maybe because I'm just tired of reading the same crap every year. I don't know how many games they need to watch to understand that the Koskinen Mike Smith tandem is not going to win them anything. I really feel like, I feel like a lot of Oilers people, maybe fans and writers, like they kind of think they should be the penguins. Like we've got these two great players. Why aren't they winning Stanley Cups? Why aren't they even challenging for Stanley Cups? Well, let's see. You don't have a Chris Letang, You don't have a Chris Kunitz and a Pascal Dupuis and a Bill Guerin and those, all those types of people. And you definitely don't have a Mark Andre Fleury that while not perfect made saves when he needed to when he needed to and these two guys i'm sorry they stink <laughs> they just stink i saw that the devil's game on friday uh with the oilers mike smith let in a, a, an overtime goal it looked like it literally went through him it looked like he had like an open you know kind of hatch in his chest and the puck just sort of bounced <laughs> went right through him i don't know how he get he gave that up he looked terrible all game and then koskinen is a backup like he's a backup you know maybe he plays on back to backs or once every month or something like that but man he is not good and like you know every once in a while they'll like shut out the coyotes or something or stand on their head against somebody better but like if you're connor mcdavid and you're looking at them i just i I don't know what you're thinking like my god these guys they're not good (laughs) they're not good and you're not going to get anywhere with these two guys and Again, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's just it's so funny to I me. Mean, these guys tie themselves into knots to to explain and, and analyze what's wrong with the Oilers. Dude, their goalies stink. <laughs> they stink. It's not that hard to figure out. And we yeah. know this better than anybody. What a good tandem of two good, like you just said, these two guys can fit in anywhere. You got a starter and you got you have both guys you can trust. We know the value of having two goalies you can trust. And the oilers right now have zero goalies you can trust. It's it's
0: it's part of this whole like I don't know discourse, I guess on, on hockey and hockey, Twitter and who whatever uh, right now. It's like, yeah, we, I, I get that goaltending is really tough to project on a game to game basis and a season to season basis. But uh, there's, it's not like it doesn't exist. Like, it's not like mm. two guys just show up and like, Oh <laughs> man, like this team, should, they had a guy play in front of their net all day. Like we didn't see that one coming. Like, mm. no, that's part of the team. Like the goalies are part of the team and, uh it's for some reason it's, n- signing mediocre goalies or whatever <laughs> and i think the islanders were definitely part of this in pre you know y- yarholak was solid and uh grice was great but like it, for a long time we were watching just a revolving door in the blue paint and all of a sudden when you get some stability in Ned and and you just go to bed at night knowing yeah like I'm gonna whether it's Varlamov, Robin Leonard, Thomas Grice, Ilya Sorokin the past five years you know that whoever's going to be playing that game is more likely than not going to give you good goaltending. Um, It's not that hard to figure out. (laughs) I don't understand why uh, like people with the Kraken even like yeah sure like Philip Grubauer was really good last year on a really good team and people really like Chris Dreger's Mm-hmm. even though he had a small sample, uh, for the, for the Panthers. Uh, what, why not just get somebody who's more reliable or, you know, maybe has more of a proven track record than Chris Dreger. That way, if mm-hmm. Philip Grubauer is just a product of Colorado or whatever you have. him. you can go to bed that night and think, all right, well it wasn't him, but we have, I don't know. Yeah. I know Carrie price isn't the right guy to use here, but we have Carry price in, in that mm-hmm. tomorrow. So, um, uh, yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. Like to, to have these go- to have good goalies, goalies you can trust. Uh and it's yeah, it's funny because the whole first part of the season, the first three, four weeks when the Oilers came out on fire, <laughs> uh the, the trope was like, Oh, you know, McDavid's you can you can tell McDavid's like trying extra hard this year because he knows he can win. Mm. And now you know, none, there's none of that talk anymore. It's now back to Oh man. Are, what are the, How are the Oilers ever going to figure out how to build a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? It's so hard. No, it's not. Like, it's, <laughs> should You just go, go get Simeon Varlamov. Who, 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 you know, there's goalies that are out there every year that Alex Nedeljkovic was could have been had for a third round pick. Like these are. It's not. I don't. I don't get it. And uh, but yeah, it is. It. I think it's frustrating to hear because where with the Islanders and the way the Islanders are scrutinized, people kind of are just grasping at straws and making things up or just blatantly not paying attention. And then with the Oilers, it's like Oculum's Razor where it's like, no, it's it's the thing sitting right in front of you. It's right. that, that Mike Smith is 42 years old <laughs> and Mikko Koskinen is not an NHL starting goalie. He's probably not a backup goalie at this point, especially if you have a 42-year-old as your starter. <laughs> like, it's it's not that hard. But then, you know, when they dissect the Islanders, it's it's a completely, you know, they're, they're just handled completely different. Hmm. Um, but, Yeah you know, this is a, it felt good to win that game though, because yeah. like you said, you, the, the, uh, people tune in to see Connor McDavid whenever he's on, especially, you know, a matinee, uh, and, uh, they saw people saw the Islanders play well. And I'm sure a lot of people left that game be like, huh, that's so weird. The Islanders played well. Like what, what, I wonder what's really like, how have they been this bad if, if that's how they've been playing. And, uh, no, it's just they—they they, that was that was the Islanders that was who we've we thought was coming into the season uh, and we just haven't seen them much and uh, I it was it was nice to do it against Big Day I was really scared to like yeah. the last couple minutes of regulation I was like
3: <sighs> yeah OT when going to OT against the Oilers is a, constantly a scary proposition like I don't want to be doing this it's only the only thing worse than that is a shootout basically
0: especially when, when they were zero six after the, yeah. the regu- after regulation this year to start and uh, thinking. Uh, in, uh you know in, in my head i was like all right i just we need to get a point here because of like you said before if they don't get z- if they take zero points out of this game into this 13 day layoff i'm probably gonna you know <laughs> find a cave to live in for the next six or seven <laughs> months but like uh they, they get the point but at the same time i was like they kind of should have. they did and they did go for it a little bit towards the end of regulation i thought the islanders were really good those last six or seven minutes i was really mad at kevin kerr's because it like eight minutes left in the period he's like islanders set, are up on shots 101 <laughs> and as I was reading that tweet the darnell nurse was leading a breakout I was like oh my god this guy <laughs> he can he's gonna kill us right away but uh yeah they they played really well towards the end of the third and that overtime was textbook uh mm. and like w- where has it been <laughs> and mm. now the question is can it come can it keep going and i i mean I feel when we th- when you think about what's left of the season yeah a ton of games and we should be getting pollock back we're going to get everybody who's in protocol back it looks like and then you hope that ryan pollock is back for the end of it too and like now we're finally talking about seeing a team and when i was talking to mike kelly too in in the intermission he's like you know it's really strange because i don't really know who the islanders are like because we've it was the 13 game road trip then everyone got sick and hurt then it was playing with half an ahl team then they they break they come back then everybody else is kind of screwed up the islanders then get screwed up again like who are these guys and we don't know like we really don't know who the 2021 20, 2022 20, islanders are yet Um, uh, and now we have 54 games to to find out and uh it would it, they're going to be the team that if if the islanders can wreck their way through this uh Everyone's just going to be like, "Ah, God, we really hope we don't play this team in the playoffs because <laughs> they have they would have had to really, 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 really been in good form for a long time to get there."
3: Something to watch out for again. We'll, we'll talk about that in the second half, the sort of scoreboard watching and, and what that means. But yeah, no, that's a good point. They are going to get back Pullock. I would assume who started skating now
0: recently. They'll definitely get Nelson back because he's it's on weird. the. COVID the the Pullock thing is so strange because when guys, which we assume was a broken foot. That's always like, it's always like a bang on four to six weeks injury. There's very little like um, unknown to it. So I was like, I'm like a little worried. I was a little worried. I still am a little worried about, you know, what, what actually happened there. But, uh, you know, maybe it was just like a a weird break or something. I'm not totally sure. I,
3: I mean, the Islanders as a team are generally pretty cautious with that kind of stuff. And I think the fact that they've had so many long breaks made it seem like, he Was out a lot longer, than that. yeah. <laughs> but like they were just kind of being cautious. But you know, when you're cautious and your team plays two games in 23 days, it certainly seems like you know you're missing a lot more time. Yeah. Uh, I, than I, I wonder already. how
0: many games he's actually going to end up missing and compared <laughs> to what he should have missed in that time because right. he's, 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 he's gonna, he's gonna miss, out. he hasn't been to UBS Arena yet.
3: Yeah, he's gonna miss two and a half months of action and he'll miss like seven games. Oh, that's so know? weird. <laughs> um, yeah. what, one quick thing before we take a break, uh, you did mention. Uh, the overtime uh, I, I thought it was funny that like whenever they people complain about how coaches have ruined overtime and it's just a lot of holding on to the puck and like skating around the implication there is that it's Barry Trotz's fault that this has gone on at least that's the way I read it and uh, the Oilers did that way more than the Islanders did in that game and I was wondering if anybody watching this was like you know wait a minute which team is doing this now because you know that was well and Dave Tippett was behind the bench for that game you know they were holding it way more than the islanders did uh and then the islanders were the ones getting the shots off and obviously the Oilers had none so i did think that was funny i might actually go back and watch that game on espn plus with like the sports net feed because <laughs> i am kind of curious as to like what they say i mean it's, it's ubs arena i wonder if they even mentioned like Oh, by the way, the Islanders playing a new arena guy. I I mean, they probably didn't because that that doesn't mean anything to them, but whatever. Um, We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, as we've been hinting at, we're going to look at the standings and, uh, you know, look at what what the Islanders have kind of facing them in the second half of the season and whether or not it might be too late, even if they go on a run or uh, maybe they uh, still have a chance at making the playoffs here.
0: Plus.
3: And now, a word from our sponsors. First, always, is vintageicehockey.com, where you can get t shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over a 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You could use the code LIGHTHOUSE15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That is vintageicehockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena and at thepinotproject.com. Please play and drink responsibly. We had some Pinot Project wines over Christmas, and uh, they were once again delicious. So, uh, yeah, try them out. Uh, Okay, so as we've been saying before, uh, the Islanders have a 13-game break now. Their next game is, I believe, the 15th, the 13th against New Jersey. Um, And between, between then and now, other teams
0: are playing, and... You know, to me, when I look, <laughs> when I look, at the standings, it's so funny to hear. I know You're it's ridiculous funny to it's think ridiculous. about. It's like the, they're the only team that's just not going to be playing for the next. You know, right? I think. I mean, maybe the Western Canadian teams. But. It's
3: so absurd, and of course, the fact that it's the Islanders, a team that gets ignored even in the best of times. Not a single person outside of us and you listening to this are even going to know that these guys aren't playing. Like nobody's going to sit around going. Like, When are the Islanders playing? Nobody cares. So they're just sitting here in the dark waiting for somebody to come on and turn the lights on and open the door, basically. Um, And the problem, though, is that teams are going to keep on playing. And to me, when I look at the standings, um, you know, that's that might be the biggest problem for the Islanders. I do think they've turned things around. I do think that they're going to get better. I I expect them to pick up lots of points. They did. They have left a lot of points on the table, but I feel like they're going to pick them up. But if you look at the standings right now, it's a tough road, man. Right now in the Metro, Caps, Rangers, Caps, Hurricanes, Rangers, 48, 47, 46 points respectively. Lightning, Panthers, Leafs, and the Atlantic, 47, 46, 44 points respectively. You know, they're all well ahead of the Islanders who only have 26 points right now. Um, in the the card spot, you got Pittsburgh with 41 points and Boston with 34. Then behind the Bruins, you've got the Red Wings, Flyers. Blue Jackets and Devils, and then the Islanders, and then Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal, as always, <laughs> picking up the rear in the division. Um, You know, let's assume that the Islanders do go on a run. They start picking up points and stuff. I think it's fair to assume that they would probably finish higher than the Devils, Blue Jackets, and Flyers, uh, and probably the Red Wings, although they've been a, a really nice story so far earlier this season. Do they have enough to catch the Bruins? Uh, will either the Bruins or P- Penguins falter a little bit the friggin' penguins the penguins had two guys get hat tricks today in a game against the sharks and neither of those guys was named Sidney crosby or evgeny malkin that is the penguins i hate this team i truly truly despise the way this team operates they have some sort of magical spell or whatever cast over them and guys like evan rodriguez and brian russ just pop out hat tricks like as nothing you know um and so you're effectively looking at five teams chasing one playoff spot right now. The Bruins, you know, haven't really run away with anything. Uh, actually, wait a minute. No, check that. Six teams chasing one playoff spot. Can the Islanders be the one team to get grab that playoff spot? I don't know. And that, that's a tall order to ask. And, and you know, uh, James Nichols, I thought, had a really nice article at the fourth period saying, you know, what is a successful season for the Islanders this year? I don't know if there's really an answer to that question. Because at this point, you know, making the playoffs is a tall order and you know does that mean that they would you know missing the playoffs would be a bad season i don't know there's a lot going on there obviously be hugely disappointing considering where they were projected to finish in the beginning before the season even started but i mean this season has been such a huge you know pile of garbage that i don't know what to even think anymore i mean you know we're all going to look back in a couple of years in this season and be like what the hell was going on back then they these breaks of you know 10 13 11 games I mean, they had a they had a one game in eleven days before all this during that road trip, it, you know. So I, I don't even know what to make out of this. But I mean, if you're looking at the standings right now, that's really your only hope is to make you know to catch the Bruins and you know in the last day the season just crossed the finish line ahead of the Bruins, Red Wings, Flyers, Blue Jackets, and, Derb- and Devils,
0: <laughs> and that's it. That's all you got. Yeah, it's uh, it, the season now. Is ba- they're basically in a in a race with the Bruins until further notice like until somebody falls off the top i mean there's, i've been saying this for months now like there's no way that the three teams at the top of the metro can keep this pace up because uh they're all playing at a near 70 percent points Mm. percentage which yeah a couple teams might do that but three in the same division it's you know it's kind of hard to imagine the same goes for the atlantic like somebody out of those six teams i think somebody or seven if you want to even put the penguins in there somebody should slow down um but of course you're talking about a huge gap in points between them and the islanders and so it would take a monumental collapse and the islanders playing really well to to catch them but um yeah the, you look if you look at it as if the islanders are now just playing in, in um in english soccer especially in the lower divisions a lot of times like when, once every couple of seasons it's happening right now with derby county uh when teams go into administration they get a points deduction so they'll, they'll have like negative points on the season, 10 games in or something. They'll be deducted like 21 points. So the Islanders to me are in this like weird quasi league. Cause they're, they're, they're playing in a very different NHL than everybody else. It seems mm. like, like the, with the way that their schedules unfolded, uh, from the beginning of the season to now, the, the, the breaks or whatever they're playing in their own league. I mean, the, look, <laughs> look at the the Rangers have just been com- basically completely unaffected, uh, by all of this. And, uh, The uh, Islanders are in a very different league, and they are playing in this league right now, where it's them just trying to catch up, uh, uh, by collecting as many points as possible every night, and hopefully dragging the Bruins into a little bit of a race. And hopefully, a byproduct of that is that one of the other teams comes comes into striking distance at some point. And I feel like a month and a half ago, I said on this either on this podcast or maybe to myself—I don't even know this whole season has been such a fever dream. I don't even know if I'm standing here actually <laughs> talking to you or not, or if it's October 3rd and the season hasn't started because you couldn't even script this. And mm. maybe I'm just having a weird dream. Um, but I thought that I might, my, my reasoning to myself was if they can get to 20 uh, regulation or 20 wins before 20 regulations losses, they probably have a chance to make something of this. And, and I kind of stick to that a little bit. And uh, because, you know, if they, they can string together at some point of, the six or seven game win streak that the Canucks have had, then all of a sudden the Bruins are just, they're going to be right with them. Uh, Now, (laughs) a lot of this is going to look so strange in 13 days because the Bruins are going to keep playing games. Like Mm. there's a chance that the Bruins are like 16 points ahead of the Islanders with four or five games in hand now, or the Red Wings are going to have nine games in hand on them. I think it's, it's just so doing that kind of mental gymnastics is not going to make sense, (laughs) but the things there are silver linings to, to, to count on and one of them is look at their first four or five games out of the break i think it's home they're all at home it's new jersey washington columbus arizona philadelphia i think the first five games out of the break like those if if this team the team that went into this break is the team that comes out of this break plus nelson and pollock the islanders should be uh in a good position to take a bunch of points from that stretch and then all of a sudden who you know who knows what what's going to happen to the other teams are chasing between now and then uh, but if they just take care of what they're supposed to take care of in these kind of games, they're going to be there and the signs are starting to show up. Uh, and this is, you know, maybe it is delusional to think this way. And, but I'm trying to convince myself just like you, you trying to convince yourself and everyone listening. There's trying to convince myself that the season still matters, that these games still matter. And that I want to keep going to UBS arena. Cause it's a great place. Like I love going to that place. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's fun walking in there and just seeing orange and blue paint everywhere. And, uh you know it's just it's a great place to watch a game um so i want to i want to keep going to these games and for them to matter uh and the only way for that to happen and and a way to guarantee that that happens is for them to keep winning and what better way than to have some of these guys just start to snap out of whatever the hell they were snapped into uh and, and i was saying about the power play like I, the last thing i ever expected was for this power play to turn turn it around and for me to believe in it and get excited i was excited for two power plays yesterday I'm, I'm, i I I I couldn't believe it. I was like I was like oh wow like another power play. This is great. The Islanders have a good chance to score here. I was like who am I?
1: I the Islanders
0: the Islanders don't have a good chance to score in power play. And and in, of course in my head I was like when they called that second one I was like that's not good because that means that there's definitely one coming for the Oilers the other way and that's not <laughs> gonna end well. But the um, the other thing that I didn't think was ever gonna happen was Kiefer Bellos. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's good now. Well, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's not only is he good he's like a force. He's beating guys on board battles, getting the puck deep, making good passes. He's showing the shot that everyone always talked about. Like, I just didn't think that that was going to happen. And, you know, all credit to him and, I guess, the coaching staff. I thought it was great that somebody asked about him after the Sabres game. And Trotz was like, we've handled him with a very slow burn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, he's, he's had to, like, bank some credit. And he's done that, And which is funny because – I think you and I on the show were think thinking we we've talked about trots and the way he handles young young players versus veterans and how uh the perception is that Leo Komarov could get away with everything and and <laughs> Kiefer Bellows you know if he makes one bad decision not dumping a puck in he's out and he kind of confirmed those thoughts mm. you know like with that thinking but um yeah, if, if guys like him start showing up, Zach Parisi, I'm still pretty sure Zach Parisi, my friend my friend said today, he texted me this morning, he goes, I think Zach Parisi is probably still on the UBS arena working ice, working really hard right now, which like, if these guys continue to play this way, like, there's no reason not to believe that this team will at least make a go of it. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about what is a successful season for the Islanders, it, where we're standing right now on January 2nd, a successful season is that they're playing important games in April. And th- th- three weeks ago, I was saying March, and now I'm saying April. And to me, <laughs> that is that is a sign of progress.
3: Yeah, they're definitely going to need every game in the schedule, let- let's be honest. In fact, I was just looking at it, and yeah, their final game of the regular season is against Tampa Bay. And it's like, that. I could see a scenario in which that ends up being the third straight monumental game against Tampa Bay <laughs> in three seasons. You know, first you had the, the bubble series, and then you had last season, game seven. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the Islanders need to win that game. Uh, to make the playoffs but actually you know it's funny we, we've we been talking about this break and we haven't really mentioned why the break is so Canada has implemented uh, this uh, protocol where they're not having fans in the buildings and so the Islanders were set to go to uh, Vancouver Edmonton Calgary and Seattle and uh, they just basically said, no, you guys are we're gonna postpone those games because of this protocol. I, I don't really quite understand why, but that was their choice. And obviously, if they're not going to play in Vancouver, they're not going to play in Seattle. So that game got postponed too. So, you know, at some point they're gonna need to reschedule those. And they've already rescheduled the Islanders have had 10 games postponed already this season, nine of which have not been rescheduled. One was that's the Ranger game, I believe, at the end of March. Um that's now a back-to-back They playing Columbus one night and then the guard, or they play, they, they host Columbus one night and they're at the garden the next night. I believe that's the, uh, the post the remade game, but uh, they do have the Olympic break, which is now not, they're not going to the Olympics anymore. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what they can schedule there. Um, but March is already pretty packed. I mean, I don't think they're going to squeeze any more games in there as is, as is April. So I don't know how they're going to get these games in. And as of right now, you, you talked about games in hand too. I completely forgot to mention that as well. So right now, the Islanders and Bruins both have only played 28 games a season. So that's another another problem for the Islanders is the team they're chasing has exactly the same amount of games that they have, but that will definitely change over the course of the next two weeks because the Bruins are definitely going to play and the Islanders won't. Um, but other than that, they've got a ton of games in hand on everybody. I mean, the Caps have played 34 games right now, so have the Lightning. Um, everybody else is well into the, the 30s, and the Islanders are still sitting by with 28 The Senators have played 29 because, again, like the Islanders, they were, you know, an experiment. Guinea pig, as as Barry Trotz said, from the COVID protocols and and postponements and such. And nobody paid any attention because it's the Senators. So uh, that's how it is. Um, So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of mental gymnastics going on. Uh, you know, you can drive yourself crazy if you try and figure this out. But I'm just saying, like, uh, to me, that's the window. No, I don't think the Hurricanes, Rangers, and Caps are going to continue playing at 700 points percentages this whole time. Uh, but... You Know what if they do? I mean, even if they don't, I mean, they're just going to keep trading off, you know, first, second, and third place the whole time. Uh, I find it hard to believe that their new one was going to, you know, all of a sudden drop 11 games in a row or something like that. And the same goes for the, the Lightning right now, we're kind of slumping a little bit. Um, you know, the Panthers are they came out of the gate, had a bit of a weird lull, now we're flying high again. Uh, the Leafs are, you know, whatever. I don't want to talk about the Leafs, but uh, you know, it's just I, I think it's safe to assume that those teams are probably just getting a trading, you know, uh, positions for the rest of the season. and So you're looking at the ones in the bottom. And, uh yeah, I you know, what's funny, too, is if you look at the standings, the Bruins have a plus seven goal differential. And they're, again, in the last wildcard spot. Every team below them has a negative goal differential. And of those teams, the Islanders have the second best one. <laughs> the, the Blue Jackets are only minus six in the goal differential department. The, the Islanders are minus 16. I think that's probably due to a, just like a couple of blowouts. But like the Red Wings, Flyers, and Devils are all – they're minus 20. Like, they've given up 20 more goals than they've scored. So, I mean, that that's pretty bad. Like, I know that they're ahead of the Islanders right now. But, man, I would not feel confident if I was one of those teams. The Devils only win games in overtime. Like, I don't know what it is about them. Good for them. It's very exciting. and they're, And they're good teams. I mean, there's good players on all those teams. But – Man, that that's a really worrying stat if I was a fan of those teams hoping to climb up op- over uh, you know, and and you because know, Red Wings fans, I'm sure, are saying the same thing, like, hey, maybe we'll be the the team in you know, the final playoff berth, and maybe you will be, but man, you're gonna have to clean that up because minus twenty one in the goal department, that's that's not good, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and when you think about the preseason expectations, like the odds, everything, it's the Islanders were projected to be thirty ish points, not thirty, but like twenty five points better than the Red Wings and the Devils and Fifteen better than the Flyers, twenty better than the the Blue Jackets. So there's really no reason, even even with the deficit, there's no excuse for the Islanders to to not <laughs> finish uh, to not be the team that starts putting the pressure on uh, Boston when all's said and done, or Pittsburgh, or the Rangers, or whoever it is, whoever's going to end up uh, tanking in the second half. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 it's. We've been talking about like this confluence of events, this this cursed season kind of thing, where <laughs> it's basically been everything Murphy's Law to a T. Uh, everything that could go wrong will go wrong, and um, it, it, that stuff is even seen in in the way that these standings are unfolding. With the the fact that when 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 of the seasons, when when of the standings looked like this, like <laughs> not just top heavy, but like com- there's no mushy middle. Usually in the NHL, things are so there there's like this gigantic mushy middle you look at the western conference there's uh i think what seven teams eight teams mm. maybe even more than that between thirty two and forty points mm. in in yeah. the eastern conference like it's th- there's i think forty one the penguins are forty one then the bruins are thirty four and then you know we get the 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 chasing pack but it's it's just so it's There's just two different Eastern conferences right now. It's just, mm. it's very frustrating that that's, of all seasons, this is the one where it, it kind of shakes out like that. and But even that this is the league, like we've seen with the Canucks, we've seen with the Predators, the Ducks, like these teams, once, you, if you do put together one of these runs, whether it's, or what we saw from the Islanders, you know, earlier mm. in the season when they lost 11 games in a row.
1: Right.
0: Oh my God. Uh, the uh, one streak really can change the entire complexion of a season um and it's just you need to play games for that to happen and the islanders aren't playing any games again so uh that's that's what's frustrating because it really did look like these two games were start of something and and then they play what like 12 games the rest of january into the 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 olympic break and all the reports is kind of out coming out of that olympic break were like yeah i don't really think there's going to be many games scheduled in that <laughs> break because these teams have buildings that are being used and stuff and you just know that this is going to come back to be weird for the islanders where it's going to be like yeah you know what we've decided the island the nationwide arena is open uh the <laughs> islanders were scheduled to play the kings tonight they're just going to play them at columbus or something like that there's going to be some weird stuff out of that too and yeah um, i mean they have to
3: schedule a western canada road trip like that's just yeah. so weird to me that they have, to, they have yeah. to schedule it's not just like one game or whatever that gets postponed like you know re- rescheduling a game against the rangers is not hard i mean they get bus right. and they go out there but like no, we got to reschedule a week long swing through Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Like that's his- yep. and Seattle
0: now, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in thirty two thoughts, a couple of weeks ago, when this stuff really started to hit the fan, uh, they the Maple Leafs, the the Flames had 17, 18 guys going to COVID protocol, and the Leafs were going through their Western Canadian road trip, and boy, hmm. it was it was going to be the toughest thing in the world for the Leafs to have to make a one off trip to Cal- to Calgary from ter- Toronto. Like it was like the way that the media was talking about, it was like, how can we make that this team go West for one night to play Calgary and then come right back to Toronto? Like (laughs) you think that's hard. Like this, this, these guys are going to have to go probably play four games in Western Canada and Seattle and the Pacific Northwest and then come home and probably play like get one day off and then play a back to back of makeup games. It's it's, uh, it's, it's so messed up. And like you said about the Canadians the other night too, the, the the you would have thought that there was a, a parade about to be thrown <laughs> outside the bell center for the way that they lost in overtime to the the lightning playing with down people with covid because of covid where like you said like th- that was that was the result of the season for some canadian beat writers they were so thrilled with it and proud and the tears were streaming down their face and you just think back like What? Where were like? Where was everybody? The Islanders were opening a building with Grant Hutton. (laughs) They were opening Otto Koivola. Yeah, and uh, who? Oh, uh, Richard Panic. They didn't do. They yeah, Richard Panic. They didn't do pre pre game introductions for their home opener for the first time probably ever. Yeah, because they didn't want to introduce Otto Koivola as their second line center. You know, it's like (laughs) they
3: didn't. uh, They had a whole line that was wasn't it. Wasn't it Panic, Andre Off, and Koi? No, was no, Panic with, was
0: a first liner. <laughs> but, but panic, it, it was
3: Andre Off, I guess Wallstrom and maybe somebody else uh on on the other on a third line. Like the entire line was guys from Bridgeport. And they, okay, Wallstrom would have been there anyway, but like, yeah, where was where was this outrage when that happened? And there was none. So and the reason is because nobody knows who's on the Islanders roster anyway. So, like, looking at the Islanders roster and seeing Andy Andreoff doesn't ring any, you know, red, red, you know, no alarms go off when it's, you know, the first two teams, the Flames and Leafs. Nobody knows who's supposed to be out there anyway. So, the nobody, you know, it doesn't really matter. And then the fact that they both lost, they lost both those games, again, doesn't matter. Like,
0: it's just, I don't know. <laughs> and and you think that, like, by going through that and playing through it, it would have earned you a little bit of goodwill from whoever, the league, whatever it is. But No. They get now that they are able to play and uh, willing to play. They can't mm. because right. they don't want the Canadian owners to lose money on these games. Right, yeah. like it's just it's, yeah. you can oh, yeah, look that, at it a hundred different was. ways. Like you can look at a hundred different ways. What about the fact that yeah, the Islanders? You can't tell from the it's not tangible at the moment, but by just serving them up for losses because they were playing an AHL roster. Mm. you're costing them money down the road as well like it's just like because yeah. that's four important games that didn't go their way and could mean that there's going to be an empty building in april and there's they're not going to make the playoffs because of it or mm. something like it's just it that uh it's yeah it just it's very frustrating because it just is like you're trying to get into the season and into you're getting excited i'm really excited the islanders just went two in a row they played well like finally this is the team we've been waiting for they show up and because of circumstances, once again, out of their control, yeah. they are not able to. And and right. God bless them all, because, <laughs> uh, you know, in these postgame press conferences, Lou Lamarillo School of Communications just is so good. Like <laughs> they just when you get your certificate out of there, you're never going to say you're never going to reveal anything ever again, because the, these they're, everybody asks them, like, you know, this is frustrating. And are am like, eh, we're going to use it to our advantage.
1: Mm, nah,
0: yeah, you should be like, I would be flipping out.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. The reason that they, they postponed them was because they didn't want to lose any money uh, with no fans in the building. And it's like, all of a sudden the Islanders are some kind of like great draw on the road. <laughs> when did that happen? You know, this, this team gets absolutely no publicity whatsoever outside of their own tiny little media circle. Now, all of a sudden you're, you're upset that you can't
0: sell tickets to to watch them play. Really? Okay. And, then, and they're the sure. only team, too, that's going through this, I think, right? Like, the Oilers have, they're still on a road trip. The Canucks are still playing yeah. in the States right now. Like, yeah. Uh, the, the Flames, Flames are in it. Chicago right yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, so w- e- even if it's just one game that these teams have to play, like, w- I'm really, that's what's really confusing. It's not like the, you're, they're, it's like oh we gotta we gotta stop it because the flames aren't they're not gonna be able to play for a couple you know they've got six home games so we're just gonna stop right now it's like no they they're playing like the only team that this is really really screwing over right now is a team that doesn't play in western canada they're a team that plays on long island like this is very very confusing uh to me and uh also like they haven't and there's a lot more that goes into this than obviously to, to make this up but like they were able to flip a, a Canadiens Bruins home game, uh, to be like, all right, like the, we'll have the Bruins play the Montreal at, in Boston right now. And we'll flip one game down the road. Like, can we, can we talk about those possibilities rather than just being like, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't, we don't think that this is, is going to work out for the next two weeks. We're not going to you know, schedule any of these made up games either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now they, the reality is, and it's frustrating and, uh, you know, I don't. Feel, I feel like we we usually do avoid these rants on the show, but we didn't today. And um, it's a, it's fresh. No thirteen days. Yeah. What, are like we what supposed else to are we to talk about? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I could talk about how good Kiefer Bellows was, but I can't really go much further than the past two games because that's right. really all, I, all, all the only the only evidence I have of right. it. In the last um, two games, Zdeno
3: Char has looked pretty good. Let's
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and guess what? In, in a week, that's all we, we'll still. I'll still right. be texting my friends that be like, you know, like I'm pretty encouraged by the way mm. the, the Islanders looked a week ago in their last game. Um, <laughs> and then they yeah, then they have another break and right. in three weeks. Like it's just right. This is uh It's never going to get going. I, um, at the end of the season, i I think the Islanders need to give an award to whoever ends up playing, uh, if anyone plays all 82 games. But because right now. It, <laughs> think it's only Mayfield. Oh, really? I think so. Maybe it is only Mayfield. I was going to say Peugeot, but he missed with, he was sick. He yeah. had like the stomach bug early in the year when that yes. was the only thing we were worried about. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Scott Mayfield might be the only player on the Islanders to have played yeah. every game so far this season. Yeah.
3: After this season is over again, it's going to be, we're going to sit back and look at this season and, and it's going to be a, an insane thing. And you're going to look back and be like, I can't believe that season unfolded the way it did. But in a way that we've never experienced before, like we've said that before for other seasons, like you could say that about last year too. I can't believe that season unfolded the way it did, but it was positive. It was great. You know, when ended in game seven of the Eastern conference finals, we've had seasons where, you know, they, they started out, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Vanek, Molson trade. Yeah. I can't believe that season unfolded the way it did. And it was insane. And it ended up with them missing the playoffs or like, you know, the, the, the final Tavares year. I can't believe that season unfolded like that. And it just ended up you know being terrible. This is a season that you, again, like a lot of these problems. And you know, what's funny too, is like, we've talked in episodes too, about, you know, the difference between problems that, that have they created themselves and problems that were out of their control. And and, you know, so far, especially again in the last two games, so the only two games they played in 23 days, a lot of those problems seem to have, have rectified themselves. Bellows, you know, even has played pretty well. They seem to have sorted some out. Maybe maybe there were some health issues involved in there, but for whatever reason, they looked like themselves. Now we're back to the this is not their fault. <laughs> this, uh, end of the spectrum. You know, they they didn't ask for these games to be postponed. They didn't ask to play two games in twenty three days. They didn't ask to you know have uh, a bunch of games moved around, an entire road trip moved around. Like it's just completely out of their control. So it's just yeah,
0: you know. and it's not and 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 like the the one the, the pause, like the league wide pause. Okay, mm. like whatever they did it right, uh, and it was everybody. Mm and once again this is not everybody this is this is only really screwing (laughs) one team and it's the one team that has and the nhl isn't the the, what who's or the schedule isn't what screwed the islanders in the beginning like it it was the building and whatever and then covid and stuff but now it's like it's it's like you can't look at this team you it's just like have some mercy at some point right. have some mercy on this team and i just don't think that they'll ever get it no. and yeah we'll see when i'm really excited um for because why on earth tomorrow morning if you know i mean there's no nhl you know, monday morning quarterback show where everyone tunes in <laughs> you know it's not like mike francesa or whatever but like if you listen to nhl radio if anyone even mentions that the islanders played Two games and mm. won them both over the weekend. Because why would you? They're not playing again. <laughs> so, like, what are you gonna say? Like, oh, yeah, the Islanders won two games, and we'll see in a couple of weeks. You don't have anything to really follow up on. There's no. Oh, we'll see if they can continue that. Mm. Yeah, you, we'll see if they can continue that in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> from a, a week from Thursday. This is it's Sunday night. And they're not playing. Wow.
1: A week from yeah. Thursday.
0: It's uh yeah it's and <sighs> there's there's just a lot of things because now it's like now there's also no room for there's really no margin for the islanders at all like you looked at their schedule i've looked at their schedule so like if something else happens which probably will then the islanders are really screwed and with with what's going on because they have all these games to make up including one where they have to travel across the continent uh for four so it's like okay like what if what if things go awry again uh and you we need to slow things down what are we going to do just be like oh the islanders are going to Let's just see if the Islanders play 52 games and anyone notices. Like, just.
3: <laughs> yeah that that's what I was going to say before too. Yeah, you reminded me that you know it's it's bad enough they have to make up all these games, but they can't lose any of them. Like that's that's the reality of it. Like, yep. yeah, okay, fine. You you know they come out on this, and let's say the Bruins have played six more games or four more games. It's like okay, great. Now you've you've got four games in hand on the Bruins. You got to win them. You know, <laughs> you got to win all these games. You have six game you know games in hand on the Red Wings. You got to win them or else they're worthless. So. Uh, that's a, t- a lot of extra pressure put on this on this Islanders team that has had this season be just a huge hacked up pothole road of nonsense now f- going on four months. <laughs> this is the fourth month of this uh, that's just getting started. And, and like you said, something else will happen, too. Like, let's be yeah. honest, something else is going to happen. So uh, we'll have to, hopefully it's not too terrible, but. Uh, hopefully we get Barry Trotz back too.
0: Yeah, All right, like, what the I, hell? Like, yeah, I just don't like know. The, the the yesterday, like the, the Walsham thing. I kind of was expecting that Walsham wasn't playing because the Trotz, yeah. like Trotz had said it earlier. And yeah, then and one it, would come
3: back, yeah, yeah. The, oh, or him would come back. And then, both, and then the yeah.
0: coaching, when the coaches started going down, I was like, oh my god, like right? There's there's been two sections of this team that haven't been touched, and it's the coaches and the goaltenders. Knock on <laughs> wood. Like, but like you know, it's coming. And like when when I saw the Piero Greco went down, I was like, well, that means that one of these goalies is going to be pulled off the ice like right now. And all of a sudden uh, Mike Dunham or whoever is going to be playing goalie (laughs) for the Islanders. And uh, so it's just, you know, the stuff's coming at this point and Mm. I'm kind of numb to it too. It's, 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 it it frustrates me to no end, but like at the same point, I just see it. And when I first see the the bad news come across, usually at like 11am when they're done with their morning skate, like Mm. it's just something terrible happens and you're just like, ah, whatever.
3: It's usually, uh, I think the COVID announcements come out at like three in the afternoon. Right. Or something like that. It feels like it's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's usually something like that. Here we go. Brace ourselves for some kind of news. Oh, who's on the, that was when Nelson went on the list and whatever. So, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, you know, all we can do is, is keep going. Uh, and you know, the fact that the, here are the Islanders 10, 12 and six <laughs> through 28 games this season. Uh, you know, there, there is a, sh- a little bit of hope there. There's still a little bit of light.
0: Like, if you look at it with all the context that we have, I don't know if this is a success or not too. Like I like I I mean yes, it's not. I know it's not a success, right? But like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. how much of a failure is this because I don't really think it's that big of one anymore. right? It's, yeah. I don't know how to evaluate it.
3: Right. Yeah, no, it's impossible because they've played some, you know, they 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 lost some hard luck ones, like for example that that game in Nashville that they probably could have taken two points from they lost in the shootout. Uh they hadn't played well in overtime so that's a couple of points there too there were the four games the four the first four UBS games were a disaster because again that lineup was was half guys from Bridgeport <laughs> like you know what are you going to do so like that in that respect those were failures but then you've had games like the last two where they 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 brought home two points there have been other wins so those two games again in, in montreal and winnipeg that we've elevated now we've put them on a pedestal to some of the greatest wins uh you know the <laughs> longest time but seriously those were two great wins that they walked into those two buildings to not easy buildings to play and they won them you know um did they beat the rangers once i forget now no but uh no, no they
0: no. lost they, oh, they yeah beat. yeah andy andrew oh, right, right, yeah. that's when that's when yeah. they oh, that's he tied Josh Bailey, right. Zacharysi, and Kyle Palmieri in goal scored this season. That's right,
3: <laughs> um, but but they had that big win against the Bruins uh, that one time. They they beat the the uh, the Devils after getting shut out that one time. So I mean, there have been good wins in there. And again, you know, to be two games under five hundred, really considering all the things that's gone on, really isn't the worst thing ever. But you know, it, right now it's it's it, it's very very difficult to evaluate yeah. because it's not been the greatest season by far. But could have been a lot worse. Yeah, Uh, I mean, after that Nashville
0: game, I was like, "This." if you told me that they were going to be 10, 12, and 6 at this point, first of all, I would say, well, that's impossible because they have 18 games between now and then. But then I would also (laughs) say no. (laughs) But I also would have said, no, I I don't think so because this team is done. They're done. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah, exactly.
3: Who knows? Who knows what what they're going to do and who knows what other strange uh calamities will befall them before in between now and uh, the end of the season but we'll be here figuring it out uh yeah so all right i think we've ranted enough uh so far on this sunday evening uh we uh we talked before coming on about maybe doing something special uh coming up for the next two weeks uh since you know we can't really talk too much about the games coming up uh so uh we have an idea maybe we'll, we'll come up with something cool and we'll, we'll post that uh within the next couple of days or so or maybe next week and uh hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun but uh until then, I mean, all we can do is really sit tight and and hope that you know the Islanders when they start to play again can can catch up <laughs> to whatever's going to happen in the next thirteen days. We keep talking about thirteen days. It's just very it's very strange existence yeah. right now that they're living. But uh, anyway, how are the uh, if you if you are looking for a sports thing to latch onto in the meantime uh, that are, that isn't the Islanders and you can just enjoy it and not have to worry about it too much. Where are the World Darts Championships at right now? They're in the semifinals. Is that what you said before? Yeah, mon-
0: tomorrow Monday is the finals between okay. uh, Michael Michael Smith, and Bully Boy, as they call him, and uh, Peter Wright, Snakebite Wright. Who you might have you might be able to recognize. <laughs> he's he's pre- he's pretty recognizable because he's, he has a mohawk that's always neon colored, mm. and then a snake painted on, literally painted onto the side of his bald head. Wow, um, and that's how he plays. And he plays in these exorbitant exorbitant neon outfits mm. and. Uh, yeah, I mean if you can maybe put a picture of him if you google mm-hmm. him on, and put him on in the, in the article that you I put think, with the uh, page.
3: I think Islanders fans will definitely like uh make a connection with a guy named Snakebite. Like yeah. that's a put that
0: way <laughs> it yeah, sounds he's, about right. He's, and, uh, uh, he's nuts. he uh, uh, his wife funny. is a uh, hairstylist so she does his hair oh, before go. every game into this crazy mohawk and yeah, it's uh but it's been the tournament's just been insane. It's been that's so cool. much fun. Um, yeah. and they're, the best part is that this is if the crowds are what make it great so it's like this mm. building that's I, I, I would call it like almost like a webster hall kind of venue which mm. like it's a big event but it's bigger than that so it's like all these like long tables and then some stands that they they, they make in um so it's not huge like this we're not talking about like an arena but we're talking about a pretty big venue and mm. they have not paused they, a couple of guys have like had to withdraw from the tournament because of COVID. Mm. But even though all these cases have flown up in, in London and whatever uh, the darts is just pressed on baby. Like they are, they're still in there. Everyone's in there singing and drinking and having a great time. And um, it's, it's, it's truly been a a remarkable tournament. And uh, it's (laughs) (laughs) the, the, there was a moment that went viral early in the tournament of a guy hitting a walk-off nine darter, um, Mm. which you might've seen, which was, Oh my god, just absolutely insane! But it's just been, it's it's truly the best, most fun sporting event of the year because it doesn't. There's no possible way you can take darts too seriously. There's (laughs) nobody. There's nobody heat mapping. You know, you don't. If you don't know a guy's checkout percentage per ninety, it's not gonna. No one's gonna quote tweet dunk on you. (laughs) It's there's nothing. There's it's all the things we love about sports and none of the the stuff we hate. Like that's what I always say and um including the fact that these guys, like they just look like us and normal dudes it's, and women, yeah. like they're two women that have that play and they're playing against men. And um, they're, they're treated with like the utmost like respect. Like there's no pandering. There's nothing like sensationalized about it either. It's just, it's just truly so le- so well done as a, as a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so refreshing. And yet yeah, tomorrow's the final between two guys who've been really good and right. uh, <laughs> the, uh yeah there's there's been th- th- uh, one just one last thing about it so there's a young player named Callan Rids who's like he's he's good but he's not like he wasn't considered ever to be a tournament favorite or anything and he made a run to uh the quarterfinals before losing to Snakebite who was a pretty big favorite <laughs> but like right before um when he got to the Sweet 16 the <laughs> the uh com uh the the like sideline reporter asked him uh, you know hey callen uh you know you've you've looked really good you're you're near the tournament lead and an average uh scoring you're playing great like do you consider do you, do you think you have a chance to win this tournament he goes no <laughs> and i was like that is just so great that would be That's like going crazy. up to they'd be going up to like i don't know uh Leon Dreisaitl and be or you know he's too Mm -hmm. good, but like someone being like, do you do you think you have a chance to make the playoffs? And then being like, no, 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 no. Well, that's like the Daniel Alfredsson
3: thing. Do you guys (laughs) you know when they were down three three nothing in the Stanley Cup final? He's like, do you think you come back? No, (laughs) not really. (laughs)
0: Okay, well there you go. Well, yeah. uh, yeah,
3: So if you're listening to this on Monday, try and find the World Darts Championship. Yeah, it'll be like two thirty
0: or three. It'll start and it's a best of six no fifteen best of fifteen. So it's it'll be a long match and. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. been it's been great. And they're coming to MSG in June. So they oh awesome. Oh yeah. yeah.
3: So you can check it out and you can catch up with the rest of the tournament and enjoy yourself some some athletic uh, action uh without the stress of this insane Islander season. So there you go. Uh enjoy, I'm sure. and and you'll be tweeting uh live updates, I'm sure. Uh yeah tomorrow. You know, and what is your Twitter account name again?
0: Uh the Big League with
3: two E's. So fun, Mike at the Big Lebowski. No, I'm, I'm we're not kidding, by the way. Check out the World Darts Championship. Yeah, no, it's,
0: it, it's a ton of fun. I, I, I always tell people <laughs> it takes one match to learn the rules, mm. and it takes two matches to fall in love. And that's it. Like <laughs> once that happens, every year you'll tune tune into it. Because I haven't I haven't met one person. Like even Emily watches it. Like she's mm. like she, she thinks it's hilarious at more yeah. than it's like she's into it, but like she she thinks it's entertaining. Like, and that's what it's yeah. supposed to be. And it's it sounds so crazy because it's just two guys throwing darts at a dartboard but the Mm. tension is just insane and uh, it's just the the production's amazing it's it's truly uh, I'm yeah not kidding at all like it's it's so worth it
3: i like that it's a combination of all those sort of like wackadoo sports that get played on like the ocho every year so right there's like a little but kind of pba there's a little sort of cornhole there's a little like Nathan's hot dog eating championship, like there are all these kind of weird things, and you know the billiards. I used to, I remember when ESPN two used to play like the world billiards champions, like the trick shot champions, yeah. and the guys were like the bow ties the, the would come widow, out, black yeah, widow, yeah, Jeanette yeah, yeah, Lee, the black widows. You would do all these, because and those guys, with, like you know, they look like uh, the Pringles guy with the with the bow tie and the suspenders, and it was great. And you get lost in this because these guys mm-hmm. would do these shots, and you're like, how on earth are these guys doing this? But this is sort of that same thing. How is how is this guy who? Looks like, you know, uh, he works at a deli somewhere hitting these, these
0: shots. And they do uh, like, the like half, yeah. of them, half of them are like full-time workers at other right professions. Like there's a guy from Scotland who made it to the sweet 16, Alan Suter, who who's, who's a firefighter. <laughs> <And there's, laughs> like his, his boss was like, yeah, he, he, like we give him off for any, any major tournament because he brings back money to the, to the house and like, we'll pay for all the food and whatever and mm. stuff like that. So, uh. Yeah, there there was a great tweet early in the tournament where the the person like listed every profession of some of the players that day. It was just it was everything from yeah a firefighter to like electrician to a tire fitter, whatever the hell that is. Right. Like it's just it's it's the so men of the people, and yeah. here they are with a chance yeah.
3: to uh, what's what's the big prize? Like what's the, the grand uh, winner prize?
0: gets? Oh, man, uh, it's I know it was half a million pounds in the past, and I think it's up now. It might be oh, wow. close to a million now. And dang, uh, yeah, yeah. If you win yeah. it, you, you're you're because then you also qualify for like the Premier League, which is decent money, and wow. um, yeah, it's it's just it, it it's truly is like there's real they're making that like lifetime Hallmark movie about Kurt, Kurt Warner. Mm. You know, like, uh, like that that was a great story. Like he was bagging groceries, but he was tr- he was like yeah. playing professional football before that and was like a college football player. He, there was it, it was yeah, Cinderella story, sure, but um this is like. <laughs> truly there's a tr- like a possibility of a Cinderella story every darts tournament because there's somebody out there who's just you know the guy who won it 3 years ago was a full-time electrician when he won it like this just <laughs> it's just that's that, that is, that's why his nickname's voltage <laughs> and he gets
3: a cool nickname yeah. boot. It's actually, fun. we saw that trailer for that Kurt Warner movie real quick. I promise. Well. <laughs> this, uh, we saw that trailer for that Kurt Warner movie before something recently. And I turned to my wife and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to watch this movie because I saw this <laughs> play out live and no movie could ever do that season justice. And she looked at me, she's like, wow. So that really happened. I'm like, hell yeah. It really <laughs> happened. Are you kidding? I, I was a fantasy football commissioner that year. My friend, I forget who was quarterback. but so he picked up Kurt Warner on waivers and he went on to win the whole damn thing. And I'm like, none of us could under, could believe what was happening. The, the Rams went from, you know, has been team to like, just putting up points. Like it was, there was no tomorrow. It was crazy. And she's like, Oh wow. I didn't even know. I'm like, yeah, no, I saw it happen. And yeah. all due respect to these people. I'm not going to watch this movie. I, I already <laughs> know. What happened, so thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll wait to see Zachary Levi in Shazam two, which I believe comes out next year. So there you go. But, uh, yeah. So uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Maybe, like I said, with something cool, uh, maybe next week, uh, read lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Check out vintage ice Check out betway. Check out the pinot project.com. And, uh, we'll be back soon. And until the Islanders are back, uh, Let's hope they can hang in there somehow (laughs) while they're sitting uh, at home and and practicing at Northwell health ice arena and uh, yeah, check out the world darts championship. It'd be a lot of fun. All right. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.